Okay. It's time for Wrestling with Sports, the only podcast on earth with two Major League Baseball All-Stars, Demetri Young, Jason Kindle, one four-time Stanley Cup champion, and Darren McCarty, and our guest who has been part of my life for, since 1993 easily, um, a guy who I've been a massive fan of, so I am... And listen, we've had Doc Gallows on, we've had all kinds of wrestlers on. For now, today, this is my favorite guest. Jason, you say it every time we have a guest on. This time, this is my favorite guest. I'm geeking out, and I'm hoping we can have him part of the show many, many more times throughout. Well, it's it's unbelievable that he's here, but you didn't even give one of us a chance to talk because I was going to say he's my favorite guest already, <laughs> even though I said that about <laughs> other people before, because... This man got me ready for so many baseball games. And when you introduce him, you will understand our listeners why. When when I say so many baseball games, listen, I'm a nice, nice guy. And he, he is a nice, nice guy too. But when I was in between the lines, I, I, I was a different person. And a lot of it had to do with him. Well, let's introduce him from the band Rancid. Lars Fredrickson. Lars, thank you for being a guest. Yeah. I mean, thanks. I mean, it's, I'm a little bit overwhelmed because, you know, I've watched, you know, except for you. um, Understood. (laughs) (laughs) These three gentlemen perform, and uh, I I don't know what to say. I, that was, that was very nice to say, Jason. So so thank you. I mean, listen. That's one thing I don't do is I, I mean, and it probably gets me in a lot of trouble is I don't sugarcoat a lot of things, but that's all right. But it's the truth. It is the absolute truth. And um, i tell you what, man, I, I, you, you might appreciate, let me give him a little bit of love so we can get this going on and stuff like this, because I'm the only entertainer, which means that like, I just, I'm the lead screamer in a band, but Rancid is an influence of grinders. So, you know, that's Thanks, what this man. is huge. Bro, so thank you. And the fact that you're a wrestling fan. Dimitri doesn't know who the fuck I am, so that's all good. (laughs) No, hey, no, I am familiar (laughs) with uh, familiar with the group. Thank you. Um, I grew I grew up in the MTV generation, so you know it was JJ Jackson. It was cats like that. I grew up. um, Kurt Loader, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Downtown Drew Brown, Fat Five Freddy, and then I watch all I watch all kind of music. You know, I'm, I lived everywhere growing up, and I know I heard your music in our locker room because you have a melting pot of people from all over the place globally, and everybody has an opportunity to play their music. And then pictures, some pictures are just, they're crazy, man. They got to have some that crazy music that just gets you pumped up. And, you know, I don't mind it either. It gets me pumped up, too. Well, you know, and this is all before. Ass earbuds this is all before beats they, i mean so basically you got a, your ghetto blast or whatever you want to call it and we're all i think we're all similar age-wise but put it this way and, and then and I'll, I'll shut up i promise for a little bit no we won't let's take off no, i probably won't no, but when we were all texting today and we were we were uh just we always kind of you know bust on dennis a little bit and we had a four-way text and we're and he dropped your name and we're all like all right dennis good job <laughs> we're like hey good job man so i mean it's great it's great that we're all coming together for this common interest that we all share you know i mean we all you know do this this we we're performers in our own sense you know what i mean you know obviously i believe athletes are performers and you know they got to go up and they show up and they they play agree you know 
but we all, and it's funny cause we're all, we all, we all made a living playing a kid's game, which is kind of cool. You know what I mean? So we get to be, we get to yeah. be those kids at heart. And I think that's what, what I still, one of the reasons why I still watch professional wrestling, you know, is because that sort of connection that I made with that um, entertainment makes me feel like, you know, I'm 11 and 12 years old again. Yeah, it's your childhood. You know, I'm on top of the world. And it's great because it's, it's like one of those sports that you, you kind of, doesn't matter where you're from, you know, uh, what your social economic background is. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it's this, it's this amazing place where you can come together from all walks of life and enjoy this, this entertainment that I think, you know, unites us in a way, which, you know, the country needs a lot more of that these days. You, so. you being a rock star and well-known, how many times has, and being a wrestling fan, how many times has anybody in the wrestling business approached you to maybe doing an intro song? Because I, I think that would go hand in hand, Rancid Lars doing some sort of intro song for, for a wrestler. Well, I, you know, it's never, like if there was one guy I was going to do it for, you know, or, or, or want to do it for, he's no longer wrestling, right? So it kind of sucks in that sense. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel, I feel like that would go pretty hand in hand. You know, I've never really been approached for that. I mean, I know that there is wrestlers who have gone out to, you know, our music, but it's more like on the independent circuit or whatever like that. Oh, um, and I cannot wait for De you to tell Dennis, I'm sure Dennis probably already knows the, the name that you're talking about. Well, it's CM Punk. Of course. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, I think for, for me, um, you know, I've commentated shows like I've, I've, I've been a part of, of that. I've, I've been in the ring as a manager once, you know, I, I managed this guy called the Millwall Brawl, who was basically like a Bundy type and he did a squash match, you, you know, whatever. And, um, and then I pretty much buried the guy, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, like that, that kind of the, the entertainment, I, it was very, it's a very fine line. It's like, it's like, do I want to step into that world so much or do I just want to be a fan? Because we all know that like, you know, my idea of what maybe being in a band was and being successful or whatever those ideas were, were completely shattered when I realized how much work went into it. Right. I thought I was going to be sleeping all day and, you know, doing this and, you know, chicks and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like two divorces later. And, you know, <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, I got one myself. Did being on the mic come natural I'm to you? I'm on three. Two. Sorry, was that? Did being on the mic come natural to you just because of what you did as far as, you know, manager speaking and... I, you know, here's the thing. I, you know, I was always kind of more of the... Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty outspoken dude, you know what I mean? And and uh, just in general. Like, I, I'll, I'll pretty much say my opinion about something. And that gets me into trouble sometimes. And And... But... I think out of the, when, when Rancid was kind of coming up, um, you know, I was the more gregarious of the four of us. And I think they, I, you know, they kind of pushed me into that direction and I, you know, watching wrestling, hey, doing a podcast. You, know, you know, I think for me, like watching guys like Flair and Dusty Rhodes and, 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 and Jake the Snake and, and people like that, like that's kind of where I drew my influences from. You know, I guess if there was an influence to that. No, I I get it. But I, I feel like like the in way the that the podcast. those guys connected with the crowd 
in their, in their audience. It's like, that's what I want, would want to do too, you know, cause you want to have that authenticity obviously and, and be on the spur of the moment. And you got to think really quick too. And you realize that as when you're in a band and you're playing music and sometimes things can get too hot and you got to, you need to pull it down. So you need to bring out a song or whatever it is to kind of calm everybody down. It's kind of like a wrestling match. And that's, and it's funny because, you know, all the guys in Rancid know how big of a wrestling fan I am. And they've watched wrestling over periods of time in their life, too. But and I've always thought of the set list as a wrestling match. Right. You got to have like your you know, you got to come out and you got to lock up. You got to start punching each other and take it to the corner. And then you got to slow it down and, you know, put in put in some uh, submission holds and, you know, get to the ropes and, and and those things. And at the end, you need your big spot finish and you need to, you know, kind of keep coming. So, you know, we're, we're going to end it with Ruby Soho and Time Bomb. And that's like our finisher. That's our our, our savage elbow off the top rope or, you know, uh, the Vader power bomb or whatever it is. It's like that's the way I kind of visualize and, and I that's actually funny because I've always wanted to ask bands and you know concert. Um, do you is that your standing O or your uh, closer? Your closer. I mean, like, but no, do you guys? Oh, hey, guys, right. and then no, what's it? The uh, on on call. The, uh, encore. encore. Yeah, encore. On call. Yeah, yeah. So it depends. That like you know, it, I mean, it's like if Rance had tried to get away without playing right uh, exactly so and time bomb. People would be like, yo, you know, some people pay for just that, you know, and, and we understand that. And it's like, you know, to, to be known, I mean, even fall back down and a few other songs are in that category for us, you know, these days. So it's like, you know, if you come to a Rancid show, you're kind of I think you're kind of expecting to hear those types yeah. of songs. And it's just like when I go to, uh, you know, a, a wrestling match, I want to see the fiend do his thing. And I want to see, you know, uh AJ Styles do his thing, or or whoever it is that I, that I'm watching, that I'm that I'm I'm buying a ticket for. I want to see him do his thing. You know what I mean? So you're not going to get a whole lot of dusty finishes at a Rancid show. It's going to be <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, know, you know you're gonna you're gonna get you know the the the, the big spot. You know what we brought up? <laughs> hold on, let me ask a question. Okay, go ahead, D. Go ahead, D. <laughs> I was gonna ask. Because the way that I came up, the way that Jason came up in baseball, you know, you start out high school and then you get drafted. And I don't know how it was for hockey with you, D-Mac, but what were the steps that y'all go through? Because we were talking about parallels between your industry and the sports industry. And I'm just a little bit curious. I just wanted to go off track with that. I just wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, going from small, you know, venues to – you know, performing in front of 25, 50,000 folks. Yeah. I mean, that's a kind of a strange thing, you know, it, it, because when I think back, you know, I, when I sort of, you know, hurt myself and, and sports wasn't really an option for me anymore. And I, and I was always had that love of music, you know, um, and I picked up that guitar. A lot of these, when I first started kind of, you know, sort of, you know, earning my stripes a little bit, I guess, if you want to call it that, it was always like in, you know, I wasn't 21 when I first started playing music live. You know, the first um, the first show I think I played, I was about 16 or 17. And it was, you know, you could always there wasn't that many all ages places. But in the punk rock community, you know, there was there were shows at like American Legion centers or uh, little halls or, you know, vets halls or whatever. 
or uh, high school gymnasiums or these places, you know. And that's when, when I first started going to see live music, it was in these environments. It wasn't like big concert arenas. And my first big concert arena show was like ACDC in like 1986 or 87 or whatever. I think it was 86. So that was the first time I saw like a big rock show, you know? So I was seeing punk rock from the time I was 11, which was like, my first show was at a place called Briner Hall in downtown Campbell. It was like DOA and Black Flag. And there was like, you know, a place that held like 200 people and, 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 you know, it was chaos. You know, the, the, the stage was built out of like, uh, um, tables and, and things like that. And, um, so I think, you know, having that kind of curriculum to work with, um, you know, of these, like, not, not so necessarily like, uh, actual stages, but, you know, sometimes playing on the floor, you know, and the people are right in, in your face and just kind of, you know, Rancid kind of sort of, it sort of was like, there was like a snowball effect with us because, you know, even though we were the first band out of Green Day and, and Offspring to get a video on MTV, which was like December 1993, um, you know, and then after that, like Green Day and Offspring kind of blew up. And since we were on the same label as the Offspring and from the same place that Green Day was, and, you know, we were all in the kind of the same scene, um, you know, the, the, the camera sort of, sort of shifted to us in a weird way. You know what I mean? Oh, you were you guys were the first. I don't give up, and but I just love that, <laughs> love it, love every part about it. Thanks, bro. So, but, I mean, it's like I feel like it was kind of a natural thing to kind of take a look at us, and and I always felt like, um, you know, we were playing like pizza parlors and uh, like arcades, and you know, any place that had a stage. We were playing in the front room of somebody's house or a church basement or wherever they could throw a show. That's where we were going. And, and, you know, we were just playing. We just wanted to play. We didn't care. We had no idea that what was going to happen to us happened to us. You know, it right. just, it's with, when we started kind of gaining momentum and getting a little bit more eyes on us is when uh, let's go came out and a song of ours called salvation came out oh. and a, a, a radio station in Chicago just started playing it. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the way the music business worked is you take your single off your record and then you service it to these radio stations and then, you know, legalize payola and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And you pay your way through. That's not what happened to us. It happened so organically for us. I mean, we did videos not because we wanted to be on MTV. It's just because we wanted to document where we were at that time. You know, what I mean, that was the true, authentic way that we did it. It just sort of like snowballed into this thing. So this station in in Chicago starts playing it, then the station in Boston plays it, and then LA, and then the whole thing kind of takes on a life of its own. And of course, as you're, you know, sort of playing these gigs, and then you get other opportunities to support bands, like we supported The Offspring in 1994, and those were like big clubs, you know, two, 3,000 seaters. And you're thinking to yourself, man, if I could just, if we do this, you know, for the rest of our lives and be like the Ramones and play 1,000 seaters, you know, you, you, we can do this for a long time. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, next, you know, you're just, it's getting bigger and you're, then you're playing festivals and then you're on Lollapalooza and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. But, and um, I mean, you know, like I just, we just did Madison Square Garden back in October of 2019 before all this craziness went down. And it's like, I didn't want to play Madison Square Garden because of like some rock fantasy. I wanted to play Madison Square Garden because Jimmy Snook could do off the cage. The- <laughs> 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 so 
that's why I wanted to play Madison Square Garden. I'd never even been in that building. You know what I mean? I'd never, I'd never, you know, I went around it, you know, walked around it once. I never even been in there. And the first time I get to play there, I'm I'm not thinking like, oh shit, like this is Madison Square Garden where Kiss played or whatever, or blah blah blah. I'm thinking this is where Snook and Jim off the goddamn top of the cage, a bloody mess under Morocco and the one, you know, it's like that's where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? So I it, was, it. it was like a wrestling fantasy for me, lived out, you know. Lars, I'm sure that you're gonna be on the podcast a ton more times and we can talk about rancid, but I wanna get into the wrestling talk. A little bit later, we're gonna play a game here called the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, it's top tag teams. You can we vote and they go on. So we, I want to make sure we had five. Dennis, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Dmac had did. a question. Well, well he I, does, I, I but I'm setting up. I'm setting up. Dmac had a question, and he so politely let Dimitri go first. And all so, right, right. Dmac, what's up? I would love to hear Dmac's question. Well, and you know what? Just because Dennis did such a good job today, I'm going to bail him out on this, and I will lead in with the wrestling question because Thanks. I know that we had a conversation before you got on, Jason, and. Um, like you guys see that Lars is, he bleeds this stuff. Now I wanted to ask you about, you know, influences and picking up the, the storyline. And you told, tell these guys about your favorite wrestlers because you mentioned the psychology, but I also wanted you to show Jason uh, and Dimitri some, some of your, uh, memorabilia oh. that you've collected oh. along the way. And maybe a few of those stories behind it, because the cacao time um, out, please. The, this nope. is unbelievable. I, 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 I can't ahead. wait to see all this stuff. I, I want to talk. You're going to love uh, it. About him. Like, I want to know how awesome it was. I know you're watching a, mosh pits Jason. and singing. I want, <laughs> I mean, that's probably where you have to throw your hook. That's for the reason. Hey, since we're interrupting each other, I love that poster behind you, Lars. <laughs> bear, bear with me for one second, and I, I got to go into my phone booth. When I come back, I'll answer that question. While Lars All does right. a, a costume change in the middle of the show, I do want to say in a couple minutes, like I said, we are going to do a Sweet 16 of top wrestling tag teams. I'm excited. It, it, I can't wait. I don't know where Lars is going to go with his voting. He could be Yo, the deciding yeah, vote. There we go. Oh, no, okay. Check this out. Wait, nice. but the story okay. behind it, bro. So, D. I got Check this I, out. So, you know, um, Rance would go to Japan a lot of the time. And and when I went over there with Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards, I would go to a lot of the, the, the wrestling shops around the Tokyo Dome. Like, I'd always go into that area it's like kind of a pilgrimage because i love japanese wrestling too and i got a chance to meet uh this guy who made all of uh tiger masks masks you know what i mean wow this is one incredible wow is how right. cool is that D? so he 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 that is real cool his name was masa and he made me this one which is it's very uncomfortable because it's got the studs but then and he knew i was a hitman bret hart fan so he would always do He'd make me these custom masks as gifts when I would come over there. And so he made me a few. That they were always super cool. So, and I was showing these guys because tell me you took this on one of your concerts. Oh, look at the top of that. Oh man, you you win. Just everything they did with it. You know, he's got the rancid hair. You know, and unfortunately, Masa passed away. I, I went over there one time to tour. And I saw one of his friends show up because, you know, uh, you guys ever been over to Japan? Um, I ha- you guys have, haven't you? 
I have one. No, long time ago. Okay, well, a lot of the fans, you know, meet you at your. They find out where you're staying, the hotels, and they're very gracious people. You know, I love the Japanese people, and they, and a lot of the times they bring you gifts and things like that. And 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 Masa was always there, and I would always see him. We would have some lunch or whatever, and just talk, and you know, just talk about wrestling or whatever. And uh, one day he didn't show up. And but one of his friends came a day later and told me that he had passed away, which kind of, you know, because I was yeah. I had a gift for him. I had a shirt that he really wanted, uh, something I had worn. And, and he kept, you know, he would always be so nice with these masks and stuff. And, and I wanted did to he, give. Did you ever um, w- when you were uh, on stage wear any of the masks? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, that's, OK, that's, that's what I that's <laughs> I mean, I got a whole bag of masks, you know, I, I, I mean, I, you know, whatever. No, that's I know you're still. Well, I would love to have my me a mask. Well, <laughs> just send me your address, brother. I got a million of them. Heck, you guys are is like right black, down the street. Is there, I can see. Is there any <laughs> black luchadors? <laughs> I can see Diaz and Luch. Black luchadors? Houston Thunder Lighters. Are, are you, black luchadors. You guys are probably down the street saying, from each he other. Would be a good one. I, I got something for you, Dimitri. Don't worry. Doom was. So when your next girlfriend comes in, you can wear this and you can show off. You know, you can jump off the bed. But but (laughs) what you do is you trade the mask for his team's hat because we're still waiting on that one too. Wait, wait. Hey, they just got ordered. I got, I got a couple of weeks. Listen, give the guy a break. (laughs) Where, where in California are you, Dimitri? Organization again. No cow. Oh, Dimitri, he's in SoCal. Yeah, I'm in Camarillo, in between. L.A. and Santa Barbara up to 101, Ventura County. Yeah, Ventura. All right. I'm going to be down there. I'm actually going down there tomorrow. Uh, we're, we're, you know, little known fact, we're, we're, we're going to finishing a, a record down there. So I'll be driving down there. Tomorrow. Nice. I'll, I'll make sure I'll email you Dimitri's phone number. Oh, yeah. We should hook up Dimitri if we can, if you're, if you're, if you're available. So, Lars, right. quick, uh, Favorite wrestlers growing up, or who were you? And then who do you like these days? So we know going so people get sort of uh, your mentality. They know what kind of fans we are, but so going into this uh, tag team thing, but who who you got? Perfect because like that's what I love the most is tag teams, right? So growing up, I think I first Dennis knew that. Dennis. So first first wrestlers I ever saw were guys like Tony Atlas, Rocky Johnston uh pat patterson because i was i'm a, a san francisco bay area you know i grew up in a town called campbell which is by san jose don morocco of course so any of the big time wrestling uh the stuff that i would get on tv or whatever the local channel those are the first guys at sergeant slaughter then we started getting the awa programming so i saw like you know uh oh god what was his name uh uh not tony Gria, but um uh, Jim Brunzel and and uh, oh, yeah. jumping Jim Brunzel the the bees the killer bees exactly so and and then um, the WWF television uh, my, one of my good friends uh, he was a lot older than us he was a friend of my mom's his name is Andy and he came from Detroit so he would go see the Sheik at Cobo Hall so he kind of schooled me on the whole wrestling thing and um, so when I saw Hogan and the Sheik. You know, Hogan beat the Sheik for the belt. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't never really a Hogan guy. So my guys were always like Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Ric Flair, um, 
you know, Dusty, of course, uh, Manny Fernandez. I loved him. Um, Ooh, the Raven Bull. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, everybody. So, but like the, what, to get it on the tag team thing, like the rock and rolls, um, you know, obviously Atlas and, um, and Rocky Johnson, um, Barry Wendell, Mike Rotundo, British Bulldogs, uh, Heart Foundation, of course. Um, you know, there was so many, you know, over the years and there's not any, if you think about it, there's not very many consistent ones like the rock and roll express, the midnight express even changed over time. Um, you know, the, the, obviously, uh, the four horsemen Arn and Tully, you know what I mean? That was a great team. So the tag teams I always thought were, and I love the, uh, um, the Koloffs, you know what I mean? I love the Russians. I was always, yeah. always like the bad guys. And, 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 and I always gravitated towards that. Um, I think that um, Jake, the snake, his, the psychology that he brought with him, the way that he made you feel like he scared me, but he was like one of those things where I was so scared by him that he was like a bulldog, you know, like bulldogs are really, they're so ugly. They're cute. And that's, and I'm not saying that I, you know, Jake the Snake is cute or whatever. I'm just saying that like, it's, it was that attraction, you know, there was like this, this evil there, but you really, it was like this, this, it was like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like a, a you can't look away. It's like car crash. You can't look away. Mm-hmm. So Jake the Snake, I think was one of the first ones to kind of really kind of get into me. And uh, just the way that he brought the psychology, the way he moved in the ring. You know what I mean? There would be like quick, like little things, but then it'd be like this walk around. Like, I got this. I got this. We're cool. And, um, you know, so it was guys like that, that, you know, like William Regal, like guy, old school guys that like know the craft. And like when they get kicked in the back, they get up and they shake their arm like, ah, it's numb because of that (laughs) kick. And it's like, I feel like there's not a lot of that in today's wrestling. It's a lot of high spots. And, and I think it's also, because of the time that they're allotted. So they want to try to get in and look good and get out. Uh, the Undertaker, obviously, when he came around, I was like, whoa. You know what I mean? Taker really grabbed me. Uh, Cactus Jack, of course. Um, you know, I love Sting in retrospect. Like, I, I really I really kind of f- found an infinity, affinity for him. Modern <laughs> day wrestlers, it's guys like, um, I would say, probably like the Street Profits. <laughs> And I love them as a team. Uh, the New Day, I love that that whole interaction between them. I think it's great. Um, I love, uh, you know, obviously The Fiend, I think I is, is great. The, the women's wrestling, now that they're allowing the women to actually wrestle, it's for, for a couple months there, that's all I could really watch. <laughs> because the psychology that they're bringing, like girls like Ruby Riot. Um, right. You know, the NXT stuff is like, that's like my probably NXT is probably my favorite um, wrestling program right now. But then AEW, like guys like Will Hobbs, uh, who's Will yeah, Power, yeah. He's, and he, he's from Hayward. So he's, he's down the road from me. And, you know, I, that guy watching him on the indie scene and just how courteous he was to my kids and stuff like that, that goes a long way, of course. That's important. That's important. Uh, and and um i love i love his style he's he's like a big man with a lot of like he's he can move he's like bam bam bigelow you know what i mean he's a big guy i mean he's obviously in way better shape than bam bam but <laughs> bam bam is like the keith hernandez of like wrestling right so but um 
<laughs> Sorry, I love that reference. That's great. Hernandez, like that's what I was talking about, drinking and smoking in the dugout. That's the guy I think about. <laughs> hey, hey, Lars, speaking of this, and we had some, you guys helped me out on this. Who did we have? You're going to love Jake the Snake more after this. That just came on our show recently and said that Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts never went to work out right before he went on stage. Who was that? And he'd, he'd smoke a cigarette right before, and then he'd just go out and he'd perform. Do you guys remember that? It might have been the PR guy from Impact, Russ. Russ That's who it was. Yeah, it, it was. Ross yeah. came on the Impact, uh, the PR guy, and he was telling stories because he's been in the wrestling industry. And he was talking about how he wrote for the magazine and then got fired by uh, 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 Vince Russo. Then Vince Russo came to work for Impact after Ross was there. Ross was kind of his boss. So it, a lot of great <laughs> stories there from, from Ross. He had great stories, and it said that Jake the Snake wouldn't even go to the to their, you know, their early – sessions he would and right before you know people are up there obviously doing push-ups and bicep curls just sitting there smoking a cigarette and uh that's a confident physique isn't that awesome yeah but that that, so and i think that you know that's the thing though jake also had the opportunity to learn on the territories and 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 perfect his craft which i think it's a lot to a disadvantage to a lot of these the younger talent that's coming up and i also think you know one of my problems you know, although I, I don't want to like sit here and slag what's going on with the new stuff, but one of my problems is there's no character to get behind. You know, I can't really get behind Joe Smith. You know, if it's Joe the Mangler, you know, face smasher Smith, I could probably try to grab onto that. But I think there's a lot, there's, it, it's too much of this like simplifying and something that Lars, new- hey, you don't have to hold back on this because you got AJ Hinch and um, Joy Core or Alex Core and they got jobs after they cheated. Yet, Pete, listen, eight, those are the two biggest clowns in all of baseball, AJ Hinch and um, Alex Cora, without a doubt. And the fact that they got, that's how much everything has changed. And I'm sure it's changed music-wise as well. But, I mean, the fact that those two guys have Major League Baseball managing jobs is is disgusting. And that's the new – because they're yes, yes, yes guys. They'll say there's an intern that comes down when they're in the sixth inning saying, Every hey, show. you know what? My computer says to put this guy in, blah, blah, blah. And because they say yes, 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 that's that's how the game is now. That's how baseball – obviously, I don't know how hockey is. and I don't know how – That's how the Rays lost. But I think what Lars is enough going, said. That's how, why the Rays lost. But going back to what Lars is saying, I think part of that problem is it's the condensed storylines. You, there are no more memorable moments. There are no more memorable storylines in wrestling because it's bang, 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 bang. Every week, it's almost a new storyline. If they were to spread it out over even two months at this point, maybe you will have those classic wrestling golden age moments. I think the Golden Age classic moment stopped at the Attitude Era, if you really think about it. Because when you, when you, if I were to ask each one of you guys, what is the most recent memory of a great moment that will live on in any wrestling organization's history, you may have to go back to Stone Cold and The Rock at this point. Well, I, that's where I'll differ because the Pipe Bomb interview. All right. Good point. Reset, it, it was like a reset on professional wrestling. And then what did they do? They messed it up. I they tried to spin yeah. it too quick. Too quick. It was like, you know, that's a whole other kind of ball of wax. But I, like you said, it's like such a rush, rush job. And I, it, and now you, you got wrestlers not even wrestling in front of crowds. 
where I think it's like a musician, you know, it's like, I got to look at the crowd and, and, you know, if I have to call an audible on a song, if there's like, you know, if, if shit's just getting out of control and you want need to bring it back, then I got to call an audible right there. They're not even really able to do that anymore because there's no, there's no audience to feed off. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. if you look at some yeah, of those, exactly. if you look at wrestling a year or two ago, it's not, you can tell the guys who are kind of feeding off what's happening. Like John Cena is, you know, however you want to see him. He, I thought he was really good at that. Like he could feel a crowd and, and as a ring general could take, take the match to a different place. Maybe it wasn't meant to go there. Maybe they got their finish, but whatever they did in the middle was, you know, they're working it out. Fans right mean so much. Fans mean so much. It's, it's, and I, and it's for any kind of like uh, entertainment of any sort of uh, genre or sports or whatever it is, you got to be able to feed off that. I mean, that's part of the reason why I think, you know, and I, and I think maybe athletes could attest to this too, but that's part of the reason why we sometimes do it is to get that, that energy that rush. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. going to make you perform at a higher freaking level than you would just walking off in, you know, playing in front of nobody. You know what I mean? And, and what you were saying, like, because, you know, we play at home and we get the cheers. And then if you're kicking another team's ass when you go on the road, they're going to give you the equal amount of booze. So they, they only boo you. They only only boo you on the road if you're good, bro. That's right. You have you have to do something against them. And right. I remember getting those loud boos, and then you had somebody that you know, or they'll get like one boo. But you know, the guys that kick ass on the other team that they just hate, and I learned to embrace that being the villain. Like, long <laughs> before LeBron was talking about being a villain, I love being a villain. I was like, yeah, fuck you, fuck my friend, but. <laughs> Yeah, and then go out there and beat your ass. Yeah, that was the, I love. I fed off of that. Heck, D-Mac, I must have been great then because I got my own bobblehead's head thrown at me at home. <laughs> well, you know, Jay, that's a whole different thing. They only boo you if you're good. <laughs> that's, right. The that's right. <laughs> Go on. They don't boo you out of In my business, if they boo you, it's never a good thing. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but, but, but Lars, like you were – hold on. But before you get to the thing, but Lars, like you were saying about feeding – so what you're telling me, and I didn't think about this, but I'm going to, is maybe just like trying to get music out or perform or what it would be like to play hockey – in the playoffs or baseball now, the, the atmosphere has changed. So I think, and Dennison, we talk about this all the time on the show because of the storylines and WWE is interesting. AEW's got their moments, especially with the tag teams and stuff like that, because that's where, you know, Don't forget Impact. Well, I was just going to get there with Impact and, and they're all, and then he mentioned NXT, but all this, but it's like you said, when you write your set list, before you go out, you're you're playing that to take the crowd on a ride, right? So they're trying to do this. I think what WWE's done with the Thunderdome is figured out a way with the fans. But then again, let's be patient until there's fans back in, until there's a WrestleMania, until there's one of those events to really see how these performers 
have adopted. This is might this might be a great sign for wrestling, right? Because if they can do it without the fans, and maybe it's given some of the better ones confidence for character development performance with the fans. Yeah, I, that- I, yeah, no, I, I totally totally understand what you're saying, and and I do agree with that to a, a, a certain extent. I I just feel like with the with the lack of being able to work off a crowd and it's a piped in thing or whatever, it's less believable. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. That, that's the thing that, that is, that is their business is to make me believe in something emotional heartstrings be attached to and make me feel as, as authentic as it can be that these two guys in here or girls or whoever it is want to beat the living crap out of each other because they have a legitimate beef. Now, we can find that in football, we can find that in baseball, we can find that in hockey just because it's, it's a natural competition. And it's, you know, you know the, when the Ducks come to San Jose, I want to smash a dude from Anaheim. Like, I, that's just what, how I feel, right? And it's, it's, it's an instinctual tribal thing, right? And I feel like that's with wrestling as well. So, like, we get behind our guys, we get behind the characters that we love, and then they become part of our family, part of somebody that we want to protect and to love and to cheer for and to, you know, give all of our energy and our money, even at times, too. Like, here. And I feel like the, the, the development of the characters is at a detriment right now because it's only on the piece of paper, right? There's no way to, and, and also the, the, the art of like working, not even having to follow that script and just call the audible. You can kind of see who's doing it and who isn't doing it or who yeah. they trust to do it or not to do it. And it's like, when at the end of the day, it's who's listening to your music before they go out and who is not. And you can, event, you can easily tell who takes your music with them into the ring and who's listening to, uh, I don't know. Uh, Maroon 5? Garth Brooks, or yeah, Maroon Five, <laughs> whoever it may be. Yeah. <laughs> but no slag on Maroon Five. Yeah. But my, but yeah, I just I think that you know, like you watch guys in TNA. I think that's the most authentic, the impact stuff. Yeah, it's, I, I like Willie Mack. Oh, love him. I love that dude. Love and, and, love and I was Mack. just talking about the tag team, the two big gigantic dudes. Oh, Triple XL, dude. I love that. That is like a, that is like a, a direct, like uh, uh, like it's it's a phone call to the past. Like that's the wrestlers of old. The natural you know? disasters, right there. And oh yeah. Earthquake, perfect. Earthquake and typhoon. Perfect, perfect connection. Um, but then you know I, what I love seeing about AEW, and I guess the WWE to a certain extent, but AEW and Impact is guys that I go, the local promotion for me is APW here, All Pro Wrestling. And um, they, they were running shows about every month. And I would see like the Reno scum, you know, who I love, you know, and they're legit punk rocker guys, you know what I mean? And I know them, they're my homies, they, you know, and it's, and, but to see them right. take that, amplify it by a hundred and then take it into the ring. And then now I'm watching it on TV or I'm seeing Will Hobbs on TV and the, they're giving these, I mean, think about this. Do you really think that the WWE would know what to do with Darby Allen? No. No, God, no. Nor would they want to, I don't think. I think they have their own mold and their own culture built up in WWE that they, they don't care to learn or to to grow in that aspect. But that's that's the thing. It's like when you and you could t- you could 
um, he's he's a two two totally different wrestlers, but like what they how how much CM Punk had to fight for for and stick to his guns, and how many times he was you know pushed to the side. I remember seeing him win the world championship belt, and then literally four months later, I'm in Texas in San Antonio watching him do a dark match against R-Truth and Jobin. Mm-hmm. You know, four months after he holds this wow. belt. Now, before we get into this list, I have two quick questions. One, and I think everybody's thinking this, you're friends with CM Punk. Do you think we'll ever see him back in wrestling again? I hope I so. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, one thing I do know about him is that he is, uh, he's very, um, he's got a lot of convictions and I feel like um, what, what, whatever he says he's going to do, he does it. If he wants to do something, he just goes after, he doesn't care. There's no like, Oh, I'm going to suck or I'm going to lose or any of that stuff. It's just like, he gets something in his mind. He's so stubborn and, and, and I love him so much. And uh, you know, I want him and uh, Seth Rollins to that, that would be awesome. It just it, this is in my mind. Right, right. CM Punk, Seth Rollins, wow. Yeah, I, you know I don't know what he, I mean. Uh, what he wants to do with his his. I mean, w- when we talk, we don't really talk about like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the same like, thing with he, us. Yeah, when 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 he was in in the uh, WWE and his contract was up, that was like the first real time that we really talked about anything because you know we were always sort of like i you know i would watch him on the indies and and we just became friends i mean he sold merch for the bastards for christ's sake so it's like you know he i feel like he's like a he's like one of my kids and i don't mean that to to, to degrade him or or to put him down because he is my peer or whatever but i I've, i've always felt like this like it's 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 not just a it's it's more it's it's a very intimate relationship you know that we have with each other you know yeah. what I mean and, and I don't mean intimate physically I'm saying no it's an intimate thing like we know you know and and when you have that with somebody you know it's hard enough to have that with a woman right that's why I'm over two but like when you can have that with somebody and it's on a whole completely different level. Cause we're both music fans. We're, we're both wrestling fans. I mean, he wouldn't have done it for as long as he had, if he didn't love it. But I think, you know, um, I, I can't really, really speak for to his experience because number one, like I said, we share that intimate connection and, and I would feel like I can't speak for the man. The man would have, if, to, if his guy leaves him and takes half, he'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, we hope we we like, i hope yeah, it's one of those things is that if he does on his terms like wherever it would be it's he's asset to wrestling you know what i mean it's uh you know great characters great storyline great you know you he gotta respect storylines dmac all right <laughs> what do we got all right wait one more before <laughs> we jump into the sweet 16 talking to these guys over the last two years of doing this podcast you you learn that they don't watch the respective sports that they played as a fan anymore. They analyze it, they break it down, they see things we don't see. As you as a musician, when a play when a wrestler comes out to any kind of music, do you scrutinize the music and compare the music? Since you are a, mu- a mu- musician, do you 
kind of deep dive in that aspect of wrestling more than anything else since you have maybe that in a working common sense? I totally judge. Okay, One good. Of, totally judge. It, but it, because I, it's like when you do something, like I'm sure that these guys, like you said, attest to, like you're, you're in the sport, you can see the little things before they happen. And it's like, as uh, when I listen to music, uh, unless it's like ACDC or something that I, I was, you know, like I don't listen to an ACDC record and go, oh, that dr- that snare sounds amazing. They must have done that by miking the bottom and the top. I just, <laughs> right? <laughs> but when I listen to some of this stuff that comes out and it's, 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 I feel like sometimes wrestling is like 10 years behind the curve, you know, culturally in a lot of ways. I feel like it, t- it takes a while for them to catch up. So when they have somebody, you know, like, when they, they're having more of these like like, like these uh, alternative punk rock kind of gimmicks with like Shotzi Blackheart, which I think is authentic for her, and Ruby Riot, which I know it's authentic, you know. Um, but then you get like you know the Braun Stormans and stuff like this, and it's it's just it's it's the typical kind of like it's like you were talking about earlier the mold with it, and right. I feel like the, the music can can elevate you. Like, you know, when you think about that mankind, uh, um, you know, theme theme song or the taker, you know, the mankind one, you know, comes out and and it's like, and then when he's walking back from the ring, it's like this piano music that's like, you know, I'm going home, you know, leave the lights <laughs> on, you know, and it, it it gives this aura to it, and and I, that that era of the music, I love that. I'm a, I definitely love that, and the wrestling album, of course, I own it copy on vinyl but um you know like even the dx theme song for the time that it came out even though it was like very you know kind of like that rap metal thing it still fit that trip you know what i mean and i think it elevated them in a way and i think that that the music can elevate you or hinder you or it's like what are those two guys in nxt and uh (laughs) i forget his name um he's uh they're a tag team now and it's like the real uh, the fashion police, him and Tyler Breeze. No, it's uh, it's the little Australian cat and then the big English dude, the hairy guy. Um, oh, you're talking about Drake Maverick and um, Killian Dane? I think that's the one, and they come out with yeah, the- that's the one. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. the whistling and whatever. I, that's that to me is so genius. Like, that's that's like a throwback, you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of, that's that that really brought me into them, you know, and I was like, okay, I can see the. It's like the rock and sock connection or uh, what was the other one? The um, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and um, Triple uh, H. The two-man power trip with Triple H. No, it was. Um, oh, with Do Love. Stone Cold and Kurt Angle. Okay, yes. It kind of reminds me of that that kind of relationship, you know, and that that, that always is, is going to be appealing to me because it and it's, you know, I love tag teams. Like I wasn't really like a Pan Am connection guy. You know, I wasn't really a Rick Martel guy. I was a Tito guy, but um, like, I always loved like, you know, like demolition or whatever. If we're going to say my guys, those are my guys. Yeah. You can have them. Tito's my guy. (laughs) Tito Santana's my dude. Thanks, Thanks, D. There he is. All right. Thanks, D. 
All right, we got a lot. We got a lot to get to in the Sweet 16. If your favorite tag team isn't here, it might be on the next list. I take a bunch of tag teams, randomly throw them in, and whoever wins wins the list. That's basically how we do it. This week's list is sponsored by Talking Shop of Mania 2, November 13th, this Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you get it. Lars, did you watch Talking Shop of Mania one? No. Oh, you got to watch that stuff. Gallows and Anderson it, uh, did a whole much listen. Yeah. You love it. The, the throwback, bro. And like you said, the music and the throwback Woo! to things you just Woo! talked about and the characters, Woo! you're gonna Woo! you're gonna laugh. It's, it's like the naked gun of wrestling. <laughs> National lampoons, basically, of wrestling. So yes. with that being said, matchup number one, it pits the well, hardy. Out. What about Blue Chew? The, no, they're gone. Anyways, it's the Hardy Boys versus the Heart Foundation. Lars, oh. you're the guest. You get the first vote. Most votes go on in the next round, by the way. Heart Foundation. All right. Heart. We've got two for the Heart. hearts. Jason, Mac. Heart Foundation, without a doubt. Three. Dimitri? Uh, I'm going against the grains, even though Heart Foundation going through. I, I like the Hardy Boys a little bit more than Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Night Hart, even though Anvil had a dope-ass beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next round. Our next next one, Edge and Christian versus the Steiner brothers. D Mac, you get first vote on this one. Ah uh, man, that's you know, I gotta go Steiner's because uh, Big Papa Pump, man, you know, and he's more apt to kick my ass than Edge and Christian. So, <laughs> D Mac, I'm going Steiner's. <laughs> Steiner's. Who are you going, D? Or not, D Mac, Dimitri? Steiner's. Oh, it's my turn. That's easy. I'm going with the Steiner Brothers, University of Michigan, baby. All right. Okay. I'm actually disappointed in you, um, DMAC, to with your uh, with the the Canucks. Uh, unbelievably disappointed. I went to Heart Foundation first time, Jack. Uh, It'll be all right. I got Edge and Christian. All right, Lars. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things why I fell in love with Edge and Christian was during the whole Brood thing, and then the Taker, and the whole trip like that and i do love this the dog face gremlin big pop a pump i can do without so i gotta go with edge and christian i too am going edge and christian on this one i love it listen i'm a wcw guy i grew up on it i i love the steiners but edge and christian you put the hardys in there uh let's see the dudleys those are were the three that really changed in in altered tag team wrestling and i you know Outside of The Rock and Austin, they were also the Attitude Era. So I, I kind of put Edge and Christian over the Steiners based on what they did for the culture of wrestling. So I've got to go Edge and Christian. But can I give a, a that is terrible? Can I can I give a courtesy shout out to Big Pop Pump with his finisher mm-hmm. and Frankensteiner? Oh my God! Mm-hmm. I don't know how he. I mean that that was a work of art. All right. Muscles are muscles. Demolition versus the New Age Outlaws. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, Dimitri? No, no, Jason go first. Oh, you didn't know? Uh-huh. That was my, that, that's, what I wa- <laughs> that's what I walked out to for eight years in, in Pittsburgh, and I, enough said. <laughs> All right, uh, D-Mac? You know what's sad? 
That was our line in junior. Was we were uh, Jake the Snake and Demolition was our line in junior. But I, but, but, dude, you didn't know your ass better call somebody. New Age Outlaw Road Dog's one of my favorite guy characters of all time. So I'm going New Age Outlaws. Dmac or Dimitri. I, I'm with the uh, with Jason and Dmac. I'm with the oh, you didn't know. Well. I'm going. I'm going demolition. Uh, it, my vote doesn't seem to matter. And Lars, where you, you probably with? you probably wear that outfit twice a week. Yes, yes you do. You probably had an apple in your mouth. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Are you apple shaming me? They say an apple a day keeps oh, the doctor away, right, guys? Uh, Lars, who Lars, are you going well, It depends if you um plan and deliverance. Every vote counts on this show, Lars. Just so you know. Yes. Yeah. Well played. I, I understand the, the new age outlaws, but I'm going demolition. All right. I'm, Ooh. I'm, well, I, I think the gimmick is more befitting to you know the studs and the thing. You know, it's 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 bedroom attire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, n- next one: the fabulous free ver- freebird oh. versus the rock and roll express. I'm going. Oh, come on, man. That's not fair. <laughs> Right? He does it. Oh, trust me, it gets worse. Trust like me, that's oh, some bullshit. Shit like that. He Most gets it gets worse. Ooh, you got, hey, you got to give that to Lars first. Oh, all right, Lars. <laughs> Lars, you're up in arms on this one. Your vote counts here on this show. Freebirds or the Rock and Roll Express? How do I leave this? Uh, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I listen. This is the this is one of the hardest. Who's your least favorite wrestler? Well, hold on a second. This one, like, what era Freebirds? We talking Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes? Whatever era you want. You know, rock and roll, baby, rock and roll. All right, I'm going Freebirds one one. Uh, D Mac. Press barely. It, it was tough. It, it, it was tough, but I, I'm not a big Michael Hayes fan, so that was easy. That All way. right. Two X for Express, one for Freebirds. Dimitri. I'd rather be the tiebreaker. Uh, okay, Jason. <laughs> Express. All right. There is no tiebreaker, Dimitri. Who would you have gone with? Not you. He put an axe to where it always supposed to go. <laughs> I know I got burned right there. Who who would you have gone? I, I like the hey. I mean, there's a rule for tag teams that have three or four in a stable or a group. So for that reason alone, you got to give it to the Freebirds because they have their own rule. That's what I was thinking. All right, well, but you know what? Real fast, you know, we're talking about theme music. The Freebirds Street. Best intro song ever. Well, I hear that song, Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. And you want to shake your wrists? I mean, come on, man. It's like that whole, that track. I mean, I actually got the chance to talk to Michael Hayes pretty extensively about that. And I would say that was, that was one of my greatest moments as a human being. Because I was always a mark for that song, so I'm sorry to, to next, take it. So, the, so next. does that change your um, does that change your vote? No, <laughs> I, if it was rock and roll, if it was rock and roll express versus Freebirds theme song, Freebirds hands down. But rock and roll, right. express, they were consistent. I mean, there was no changes. It was Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, 
And Ricky Morton was one of the best baby faces. He could do it all. What about when he joined the York Foundation when he was Richard Morton? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, come on. Why do you got to bring that up, Dimitri? Team is it Unbelievable. He's trying. He's pushing. Well, I mean, that's, that's like Taylor. Well, you know. Rich. I know. Voter intimidation will not be tolerated on the show, Dimitri. Don't suppress this. Okay. It doesn't matter. He already won. <laughs> Rock and Roll Express already went through. Next one <laughs> Dudley Boys versus the Outsiders. Oh, I know. Give you guys a second. I will put my vote in for the Outsiders. Just, I mean, what they did when they went into WCW, the creation of the NWO, that, that right there changed wrestling altogether. And I, I love what the Dudley Boys have done. But for me, it's the Outsiders. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Dimitri on this one next. I'm going with the Outsiders as well because they put a real emphasis on tag team. And for that brief period of time before everybody held the tag team belts and they had ragtag teams come together like from 98 on, the way that Hall and Nash came in, they didn't go after the big belt because the greater good was when Hogan turned. So they went after the tag team belt, solidified that as them being the top tag team, and then they bring in Hogan, who changed his ways, actually for the better, because he was, like, tired for, like, 10 years. You know, I watched the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling. That's how I got into watching wrestling. And then there was some wrestling on WTBS, and I loved NWA. So, the Outsiders. All right. Uh, Jason? Oh, without a doubt, the Dudley boys. And I will say this because one of my all-time favorite wrestling moments was when Tommy Dreamer, my boy Tommy Dreamer, came out with the hard with the, the trash can. And I, I'll be honest, I can't think of what this thing. It was uh it wasn't WrestleMania, it was one of the and it was him and the Dudley Boys, one of my all-time favorites. Lars, I'm going to go with you next because I saw you throw your hands up, and I want uh, D-Mac to be the potential tiebreaker here if you're going where I think you're going with this one. Uh, well, straight up, Dudley Boys. And I'll tell you why. Because if you if, when you follow that story all the way back to ECW and the fact that they were uh, beefing with each other and then they come together and the whole – the whole thing, the whole gimmick, the whole idea, and then how well they work together as a team. And you didn't see, you know, what, how they sort of um, rocketed them, th themselves and they changed tag team wrestling in, I think, more than any other team, honestly, in that era. They took it to a whole different level. I understand the Hall and Nash thing. I get it. But I always would see Diesel and Razor Ramon when I saw those guys. Those, I, I, it was hard for me to look past. So you, you, wait a minute. So you you saw them as that, and you didn't see them as the Diamond Stud and Vinny Vegas. <laughs> I saw that too, bro. <laughs> I saw that too. But but I'm saying it's like for me, for whatever reason, because I, I guess it's the loyalty that 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 of them staying together. Like I why I love the rock and roll so much is because they were able to stay together for so long. And uh, and the way that they worked with each other, they had a chemistry, you know what I mean? 
I just, I just, I don't know. I think they were just the, the they, and they could work with a lot of, I mean, Hall and Nash, like obviously uh, Scott Hall was, you know, I think the better worker out of both of them, but Bubba Ray and Devon, they were two great work workers and they, they could make the other team look just as good and uh, also look good themselves too. So DMAC, the spotlight Ooh. is on you now. Oh, do not forget the third Dudley and Mr. Spike Dudley, who is also, man, he was Darby Allen before Darby Allen getting whipped around and beat. But I'm not going to say is because I wasn't that big of an NWA fan and I was a huge Dudley fan, but I'm going to say one word, violence. The violence that they brought, the tables, ladders, garbage, like everything. Like when the Dudleys were out there, shit was gonna pop. Somebody was going through something. They listened to Ransom before they went out. (laughs) No, exactly. But here's the thing. And then the the, uh, brothers from another mother, or the shtick, or the way that they communicated on the mic and played it, like you felt. But I think it's just because I love the way they work together, but I also, too if you watch the way they work with other people and, and I, I just was big, bigger fan of the, of that, the DX and all that, you know, the, the, the air and, and the Dudleys and the ECW, the violence there, that's what blew me away. So boom, Dudleys move We're on. never a violent guy. Were you demon? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Not at all. Well, our next bracket. I might have listened to Ranson once or twice. <laughs> Our next bracket, some may call them the Road Warriors, some may call them the Legion of Doom, but it's them versus the Rockers. Oh. Yes, Ooh. I know, I know. I'm going to go first. I'm going the Road Warriors. I I mean, the shoulder pads, I that was the greatest thing ever on wrestling in the, in the oh, what a right. I mean, that was, I get the Rockers were great and iconic moments, but I mean, the Road Warriors were you want violence? That was violence before any of that stuff came along. So give me the Road Warriors. Uh, Lars, I'm going to let you go next. Uh, I was able to see the Road Warriors on a few occasions. And uh, I two, two totally different teams in a lot of ways. But I got to go Road Warriors 100% because they were so good on the mic. They were so good in the ring. Um, probably... Probably the greatest tag team with the whole package that we'll ever see. I don't think we'll see anybody come close to them. I think we, maybe we just are, you know, maybe, maybe in the future, but that is literally, and even more so than a lot of these other aforementioned tag teams, they're the greatest tag team I think ever. And uh, I remember seeing them live. AWA came to the Bay area and I saw them wrestle against Jerry Blackwell and um larry zabisco um and it was it was phenomenal it was phenomenal i i i'm i'm getting a boner <laughs> so, so are we <laughs> road warriors kindle okay marty Janay did he, he had you know obviously he had a good career <laughs> but who did the rockers spit out i mean arguably one of the Greatest, if not the greatest wrestler of all time. I have to, just because I'm such a huge Shawn Michaels fan, go with the Rockers. So, good luck, guys. Well, D-Mac, I'm going to let you go next because 
I'm wondering where Dimitri would go here. So, DMAC? Come on, really? Road Warriors. All right. Well, Road Warriors. I mean, that was like the one almost. All right. Uh, and the... eat my Milky Way and just. <laughs> and Dimitri, where would you have gone? I most certainly wasn't going to go with a team that didn't win tag team gold in the WWE. I know they won it in AWA a couple of times as the Midnight Rockers, but they came in the WWE and, well, I will you bet Shawn Michaels the, has uh, more championships in the Rock or than the uh, uh than combined. I oh wasn't a question, God. bro. Are you are you hanging out what? with D Mac Jason? <laughs> <laughs> All I mean, right. I mean, you had the team that won in AWA, NWA, WCW, WWF, and there would have been ECW, TNA, and all the others if they were still alive, you know? So, I oh, mean, Shawn Michaels was still doing it, didn't he? Just yeah, knock yeah. Off and, the ambulance? He tag, and he won tag team belts with other folks. Yeah. Well, because he was that good. If the Road Warriors came into your company, they got the belts within the first couple of weeks and legitimized the tag team ranks straight up. I, I 100% on, agree. On NWA wrestling, their theme music will play and they'll be the tag team before the music ends. I used to love that. Yeah. All right. Well, they're also retro, uh, wrestling the Mulkey brothers in Rocky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dennis, Dennis, before you ask the next question, I hope everybody oh at home goodness. just got that Dimitri just accused Jason of being high. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we all got it. All right, next one. It's Harlem. Yeah, that was for not you. That was for the home audience. <laughs> Har, Harlem Heat versus the Shield. Ooh. Uh, well, I, I get Jason. Shield. All right, uh, D Mac. I love D Mambros, John Moxley slash, but I, I I like the Shield. I I did like the Shield with the three of them together. I'm going Harlem Heat. Dimitri, you go next because I want Lars to have the the tiebreaker. All right, Lars, you're the tiebreaker. Hey, Lars, you're the tiebreaker. Harlem Heat, bro, straight up. Ooh. The Harlem. heat moves on. How come? I mean, Why, Lars? You gotta love GI, bro. <laughs> you went there. <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Think about this. I mean, they're actually legit <laughs> brothers. They're legit brothers. Okay. They. I mean, they they complemented each other. You know, Booker T with that kick. You know, Stevie Ray was the brawler. That's why I love the Dudleys. Same kind of thing. All right. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I like that. I love the fact that the guest just changes stuff. I love it. We need to do this more with guests. All right. Next, next, in the last one in the first round, and we'll hey, hurry it up. We I need know. more guests, Dennis. Duh. Well, we've got Lars. I mean, we're gonna give you like just we're gonna give you like maybe a, a couple, maybe a four day pass because of Lars. Thanks. You did good. You did good. Now I, that four days window, I, I though, unless you can get Lars back on, and I can ask him some mosh pit questions and stuff <laughs> like that. I will do this anytime with you guys. Don't this say is, that. We'll take you up on that offer. All do it. Next thing you know, next thing you know, you're in the four seats. Let's do it. I mean, because this is the most fun I've had in 
If I could do all just this kind of interview for the rest of my life, count me oh, in. It'd be unbelievable, right? That's what we try. Although next week we do, I think, believe, have Chris Bay coming back on, and we have Gallows and Anderson. So, oh, Well, he's got to be on. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, tell- he's going to the J-Cup. If hey, I- Chris, Chris Bay is Jason's your Willie Hobbs. That's Jason's. That's you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's his. If, yeah. if if whatever you do, please tell Gallows I said hello. The last time I saw him, he was actually in my living room. But just tell. Uh-huh. Hey, okay. So uh-huh. now we're talking, and I don't know if they listen or not because they're probably busy doing whatever they're doing wrestling. What about if he comes out and makes a surprise? Boom. I don't know. Talking about Lars. Oh, you never know. It's wrestling. All right, we could. We, we might be able. To, I, Lars is a busy guy. We, we'll have to talk it over. It's COVID, man. We can get Lars back on. We'll talk about the age. I'm sorry. I just let me just say something real fast. I, I want to say I'm sorry because I know we've been going back and forth. I've just been dealing with so much personal stuff with my mom who passed away and you know my divorce sorry to hear that sorry see ya very oh, sorry no, to hear there, that. there's no apologies needed we were totally understanded and you are totally worth the wait yes. well sorry no. about hey, your man. mom congratulations on the divorce well, thank you but but, uh, but that's okay. kind of what i've been dealing with and i'm sure it's uh, some of you may know how some all of us we've all been all divorced much. multiple times Mm-hmm. And I my, still and my her mother-in-law I'm, just passed as well. I, and I, it's not my mother, but my, I'm watching my wife. Yes, so we we get it. All right, back well, to a little bit happier. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been, I haven't lived in my house in a year and a half. Man. I'm in a one-bedroom apartment, so I know what you mean. <laughs> All right, in the last match, we'll delete that last part too, just to let you know. Maybe. Uh, in the in the last matchup in the first round, it's the New Day versus the Natural Disasters. Ooh, ooh, that's an interesting. I right. Uh, you know what, Jason, you lead her off. New Day, without a doubt. I, 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 they, they make me laugh. Dimitri, New Day. Lars, I gotta go. New Day. D Mac. Yeah, new day, bro. I need pancakes. I like pancakes. <laughs> I, I like so pancakes. is the natural disasters. In the in the yeah, only cool, too, but they need them all. They need all the pancakes. Out of this whole first round, the only clean sweep is New Day. Oh, huh. they're champs. Oh, you know what? Seven seven times, eight time champ, eight time champs now. Nine, remind, nine time champs. Remind me of it to tell you guys a story about singing in front of Arn Anderson and who was right beside me egging me on. Ooh. Well, please tell tell it now. Yeah. 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 Go. All right. So Kofi Kingston, love that dude. Super cool. Um, I was on a loop with, it was me, Kofi and punk and they lost my bag in Madison. I didn't even get it until I got back home, San Francisco. It was during the winter time. And it was when Punk was taking the belt off of Regal at Monday Night Raw. And he asked me to come out because it was in Chicago. So I met them out in Madison. And after, you know, Monday Night Raw, Punk gets the belt. There's a party at uh, the Deep Dish uh, Giordano's. And um, I was in the backstage the whole time. And I was just I was just staying in the corner, you know, and Arn Anderson, man, I, I could feel like he was did not want me back there. And he was very nice, you know, 
And Shawn Michaels was very nice. A lot of the guys, all the guys were really, really nice. And they knew I was Punk's friend and they came up and just were all, everybody was super cool. But Arne Anderson, man, he was just kind of looking at me. And, and this is one of my heroes. Like I loved the Four Horsemen. These guys are my guys. So finally, we all get to this, to this party, you know, Punk's throwing, whatever. And Arn Anderson's there and he's there with his solo cup. And he's, and he's, and I'm just like, you know, I, I got to break the ice. And he, and he just looks at me and he goes, so I, I heard you're some kind of musician or something. Uh, Arn Anderson's a dick. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm a musician. He goes, yeah, you're punks. For blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah. And he said, what song do you sing? Sing me a song. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, Arn Anderson's kind of calling me out. And Kofi Kingston comes up to me and puts his arm around me. He goes, sing me a song. And so I just belt out like, like Roots Radicals. And, and Kofi's like my hype man. He's like, you know, trying to put me over to Arn. And Arn's like starting to tap his foot and I'm just yelling at him, just projecting at him. And uh, it was roots radicals. And, but Kofi was right there and he was, he was, he was in, and I'll never, ever forget that. So that's why. That, that's that awesome. is actually very cool. And I hope they I never like change that. in the world rumble where Kofi has to dance around and do because his feet won't touch. I hope they keep that going as long as he wrestles. <laughs> Yeah, that is fun stuff to watch. All right, the much-awaited second round. Here we go. This is where it gets tough, Lars. This is where it gets tough. Well, I'd say the final four. There's a couple top first-round matchups there, Dennis. Don't – you set this up. I'm still bitter at Arn Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, here we go. Battle of the Canadians. Edge and Christian versus the Hart Foundation. Oof. Oof. Dimitri? Ooh, now it's now it's uh, who who did I like better? Did I like the Heart Foundation better, or did I like Edge and Christian better? Oh, wrestling figures. Oh, he just swayed oh, my um, vote right there. My vote just got swayed. Emac oh, has to have the last. I was about to say Edge and Christian until I saw that. So one for the Heart Foundation, Lars. Heart Foundation. Jason? Uh, D-Mac, I'm not even going to give you this. I almost caught Brett the Hitman Hart's glasses when he threw them out one day at the L.A. Sports Arena. So I had to go to the Hart Foundation. But why didn't you catch him? Uh, it was about four rows in front of me, and I dove, and um, I wasn't. You know, oh, good effort, Jay. Good effort. My effort was there. Effort was definitely Okay, good. There. The well, irony of that story is the fact that you made a living being a catcher. <laughs> Well, it, but no, I was 11. Oh. <laughs> so, so, I mean, no I, trust me, I'm jumping no. over whoever's in front of me at 11 years old, and I'm sure my dad had to go out and fight somebody about it, but <laughs> not that I my, almost got him. Not that my vote matters. I'm going Edge and Christian here. D-Mac. Uh, I do want to hear D-Macs. No, I, my, mine is the Hart Foundation, obviously, Bret Hart being Canadian and, and back in the day and and. I played in Calgary and was able to meet him. And, but just the, like what he, like the, the career and the tactic, the tactician that he was. And, and, and like you said, D that they worked as even the brother-in-laws and the fact that Neidhart, they had that old school. Brett was the finesse and Neidhart was the hammer. So it was like, the, the, it's, it's nice when you see that in today's, um, today's wrestling um you brought up uh montez ford dude like that guy's 
frog splash these days is like it's must see TV. Like you said, I I tune in for anything DDT, RKO, quick like that, and the Claymore is my favorite. All right, <laughs> next round, next Tim one would be a great drummer. <laughs> We've got the New Age Outlaws versus the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, another hard one. How do you pick it? Someone has to. D-Mac, you go first. You didn't know? Wow. I'm going to go Rock and Roll Express. Somebody. Jason? Uh, not even a... Just go to the next person. All right. Ro- <laughs> that's the New Age Outlaws. Dimitri? Oh, you didn't know? Three? Really? You're going New Age over The Rock? I didn't pick The Rock and Roll Express the first time. Wow. Lars? <laughs> well, I'm rock and roll, so, but, you know, I knew that we're going to get blown out on that one. Yeah. For sure. Unfortunately. All right, next one. Harlem Heat versus The Road Warriors. Oh, come on. Yeesh. I know. I know. I'm going Road Warriors. Jason? Road Warriors. I have, yeah, Road Warriors. Dimitri? In the minority here. I'm going Harlem Heat. All right, mm. two to one. Lars? I got to go Road Warriors. That's three. D-Mac? I, I was going to go Legion of Doom, but Road Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Nice one. And then the last one of the second round, it's the Dudleys versus New Day. Ooh. Oh. D-Mac, I want to put you on the spot now. You lead off. Oh, fuck. Man. See, Lars, we do these lists. We used to do them all the time, and we're bringing them back, and we love them. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's tough, man. But honestly... I've invested more time into the Dudleys and I can't, I'm a big, I am such a huge spike Dudley fan for just the abuse the kid took. I go Dudleys, man. I, I love that. They're one of my favorites. One of the, because they're one of the first ones that I fell in love with. Well, I'm going to so go I'm going Dudleys. Even though I got mad love, mad love new day though. I'm going to go love. new day because they were actually built to fail and they beat the system and succeeded so I got to give these guys props where the Dudleys, were, they've just been amazing and stood the I, test of time. I, I will go next because I think I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this. All right, Jason. So this, I want this to go down to Lars. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Tommy Dreamer's my dude, and that was one of my all-time favorite matches. So, so I have to go Dudleys. Dimitri? Now, we're talking about groups here. Which group is greater? We have to go with the team that actually had a world champion and mm. they're stable. So I got to go with New Day Rock. New Day Rock. <laughs> Lars, good luck, my man. Lars, the pressure's on. And why? Why do you pick who you pick? I want to know. What's, what's hey, going through no your mind? Wrong answer if you're honest. That's what. That's what's going through your mind right now? Because I can see the pain in your face. Listen, because the New Day, like, why I would want to lean that way is because I love the underdog. And I love a success story, right? But I think they both are underdog, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, the Dudleys, I mean, they, they kind of 
they kind of brought something new to the to that whole the way that the that tag team wrestling is done. You know, they're they're like they're like innovators. Like Motorhead was to hard music or um, you know Metallica. Oh, you're scuffling. Crash, <laughs> you know, but like uh, the New Day, but they're like this fresh thing. You know, and they they did this whole thing, and they and it, it, it's like they entertain everybody. You know what I mean? I it, but and but I'm gonna have to say Dudley's, and this is the reason why. Ooh. No, because I don't think the New Day. In, I, I just haven't seen New Day as heels. Started out as. Yeah, but, but they were set to fail. That, but that's the thing. I know that they started out as heels, but. You know, the the Dudleys could go. I don't know. No, maybe, I that back. maybe I need to take that back because <laughs> this is so hard. Dudleys listen to your music. Um, Kofi was sat next to you when Arn Anderson. I'm going New Day. I'm going New Day. Way to convince him, Oh my goodness, I can't. <laughs> right. Right. I'm sorry, Tommy. <laughs> Way to say the wrong thing, Jason. <laughs> I'm glad Lars is having fun on this epically long episode. Normally, we're like 45 and out, but this has been amazing. All right, we're down to the yeah, final yeah. four. Let's Ooh. final four. Here we go. Heart Foundation, which I'm so I'm shocked that they're still leaving in this, versus the New Age Outlaws, which I really thought should have been uh-huh. bumped out in the second round. Uh, let's go, Dimitri. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, you didn't know? Two. Oh, you didn't know? Three. <laughs> I'm going Heart Foundation, Lars. Of course you are. Not that it matters. Well, I'm not going to try to sway anybody's opinion, but, you know, I, you know, there is a hockey fan in one of these teams. Um, it's Heart Foundation. Straight up, Heart Foundation. I'm with you. I, I, I. I don't know. I can't believe that New Age Outlaws made it this far, but there we go. Hey, uh, D-Mac got, is hey, a it's citizen of the United States now. That, <laughs> he, that he transplanted. Let me, explain, let me explain something. Please, I don't get it. What just happened with Lars in choosing New Day came down to a personal, personal. It was right there. The Kofi Kingston beside him, Arn Anderson, took him over the edge. In this election year, when every vote counts, what just happened there with the trio of you didn't knows right there was a personal, athletic, professional baseball <laughs> slash hockey slash when it came around. So you just got it in both ways like that. <laughs> All right. All right. We're we're about to the greatest. We're about to see who will join the New Age Outlaws in the championship bracket. It's the Road Warriors versus the New Day. And I'm gonna go first. And in a shocking twist, I'm going New Day here. What? As, listen, as oh, amazing God. as the Road Warriors were. Look at what New Day has done in an era where tag team wrestling has been all but forgotten, left for dead. New Day by themselves has has brought back a, a forgotten aspect of wrestling. And as dominant as the Road Warriors were and as phenomenal as they were in an era where tag team wrestling was prevalent, 
I don't know if I were to switch them if the Road Warriors singly, single-handedly could bring back tag team wrestling in today's era. And the way the New Day has done it, kept it afloat, and even AEW, I mean, tag team wrestling, I think because of what New Day has done and because of how the WWE tag team division has turned around from all but nothing because of New Day, I got to give them the credit. So I'm, I'm, my vote, New Day. Jason? New Day of the Warriors. Next person. Okay. I will respectfully say that you you just dis you you compared two different you, you brought an argument into 2020 that a team that was the late 80s 90s that that you don't remember dominated came out and was just worldwide domination that nothing ever seen. It's the Road Warriors, and I get what you're saying. But there's there the new day is great in that, but the duration of the Road Warriors, even the Legion of Doom across the world, takes should, in my opinion, I'm trying to vote on this side to get my two two of my favorite tag teams in the whole world into the finals. But you know, so I'm gonna go Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, one one. Kindle. Go ahead, Lars. No, 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 yeah. I I wanna do this because just like D Mac just did. I got a soft spot because I've listened to Lars long time. And who stood next to Lars <laughs> when the Dick Arna Anderson was out there saying whatever? <laughs> it was Kofi Kingston. Oh my God. New day. You what, Lars? I'm going to throw this to you because I want Dimitri, if there's a tie, to be the tiebreaker. Oh my God. Just, there's just as much pressure in the setup role, isn't there? New Day Road Warriors. Two votes New Day, one vote Road Warriors. This is where we are right now, Lars. No pressure, by the way. Yeah. Look. I cannot say that Animal and Hawk, if I was in the same position at the pizza spot, one of them might have come and put their arm around me. Who am I? I mean, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> or they would have put you in the doomsday device. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done that shit though. To be <laughs> we all would have. I would have sold Listen, that. <laughs> Listen, I I would have thought Lars from Rancid. I would have looked over at the after party and seen him at the bar with the Road Warriors doing doing body shots off the bartender. I mean that like I wouldn't really see him. You know, with uh, New Day, but that's just DMAC. I'll let him persuade you. <laughs> and then he leaves. Nice drop, mic drop. Uh, uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's gonna be, I'm sorry, but it's like the, the, it's the Road Warriors. There we go. Yes. Yes. Dimitri Young, Road Warriors or New Day, tied at two. Do the right thing, Dimitri. <laughs> Wow. I'm gonna go with my gut here. If you go, if you if you if you do one of these, I know where you're going, so don't give it away. Can I say something before you make your pick, Mr. Young? Can I say something? Let me say something before you make your pick, Mr. Young. All right, go ahead. We know that whatever de whatever decision you make, it will be an honest one. We just saw the young the young gentleman that you've raised and you've brought him up very well. Mm. So 
Yeah. We Very know this well. is going to be the right choice. So Lars, Mr. Kendall, he's such Mr. the politest kid I think I've ever met. He's not even a All kid; right. he's almost an adult. Unbelievable person. He's raised to respect you know. his elders. And Jason, you're old. <laughs> Whoa! You just. He's, Lars is never going to come back on the show again oh, because Lars he's older than all of us. Lars hey, loves this. Guys, <laughs> guys, Dimitri's got – let him vote, man. He's got to vote. All right, oh, Dimitri. Man. This is why oh, we have 40 count. listeners. Every vote oh, counts. Man. 43 after tonight. All right. My, my gut, everything is leaning towards – and this is real tough, especially being on the spot, but – if we're going on the basis of greatest of all time, it still goes to hawking animals. Road warriors. Just, the man on. that just can make the proper decision at the you know for the betterment of the country. <laughs> we should have had Dimitri over there in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. It sure wasn't Jason. They don't want. They don't want. They don't want me over there. Bobblehead head. <laughs> well, to end the show, to end this bracket, to to tap the greatest tag team of this list, the New Age Outlaws versus the Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors. Now, Jason Kindle, you're leading this off because you're a leadoff hitter. Who are you going oh, with? you didn't know. Really? Bottom. Wow. Oh. Without a doubt. Wow. One vote exactly. for New Can Age. Can I ask one question, please, before we go any further? Yes. Because I want, yeah, I want to get my head around an Is answer. Any, yes. So how okay. old are you, D-Mac? Now, how old are you, D-Mac? Oh, 40. Uh, 48. 48. I'm a year. I'm a year younger okay. than you are. So you did the. So am I really the oldest guy here? Yeah. Oh, that's how great of a podcast we are. We we Wikipedia you. So okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, You're 71. I'm 72. I'm second oldest. Dimitri and those guys are like 76. No, I'm 73. Like 73. Fucking... I'm 74. Dennis oh. is like 82. <laughs> Ah. Uh, I'll be I'll be forty three on Thursday. No, but to, to be honest, listen, Jason just says that because like he's got that person. He went his lock up music, so you'll never get and him off. To, to top you, off you'll, you were never is get somebody in Pittsburgh because it said ass. Your ass better call somebody, some you know old, older person or whatever. Um, I think it was actually an usher said that he can't play that music. So what I did was, it's probably why I got a bobblehead thrown at me. What I did was, it said, oh, you didn't know? Your, they bleeped it out, better call somebody. So I kept with the same music and just bleeped out the ass. So, I mean, because, yeah, so this is like ingrained with you because, yeah, when you come out. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. All right. D-Mac? It's not a logical choice. No. D-Mac? no, no, Lars didn't. Oh, I'm. Oh, it's the road war. Oh, Lars goes I mean, last. Lars, this is the last the one. This is the championship. You know, I think the road warriors. I'm happy with with you know the list. Obviously, I'm privy as a personal choice. I'm glad they got to the, to finish second place. Hopefully, is in the new age outlaws because they're like my one of my top 
three all-time wrestling teams, but that's personal. That's just me, DMAC, but the Road Warriors, duh. Just they they were something new that everybody came off of. So Dimitri Young. There you go. Uh what tag team came out the Black Sabbath? Well, Road Warriors. I mean the band. The band. Uh-huh. Road Warriors. Uh-huh. All right. Mm-hmm. Two for Road Warriors. And you know what? Just to make it fun, just to make it interesting, uh, my gut tells me go the other way, but I want this to be a tie. what you really mean. I want want this to be a tie, and I want our guests to be the tiebreaker. I'm going New Age just to do that, just to put it tied at two, bottom of the ninth, bases Mm. loaded, Lars Mm. Fredrickson with the Mm -hmm. deciding vote on this list. Tonight in this marathon podcast, which now we're all best friends now. So, Lars, new, on home, new Lars age Brown. outlaws, road warriors. Where are you going? What are you thinking? Well, I'm gonna just tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh. oh. Yes. <laughs> the Road Warriors have won the bracket. Before you, because you said this before it all happened, coolest guest we've ever had. Ever had. I would take credit for that. Coolest guest we have ever had. Thank you. Lars. I enjoyed this. This has been amazing. Uh, that was fun for all of us. Man, hopefully you will keep coming back on the show. We'll uh, keep bringing when, you listeners. Whenever. I mean, just let me know when you guys are doing one. I would love to do this. This is the funnest I've had in a long time. I mean, it's, 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 it's. I got to ask you. Well, maybe, hey, maybe Dennis will make up a freaking good list. No. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. You give him inspiration. But, we don't inspire him enough. But let me ask you this, Lars. When I came to you and I'm like, listen, I do a wrestling and sports podcast with two Major League Baseball players, a four-time Stanley Cup winner, what the what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Because you have to get a ton of you know. Will you come on my podcast? Questions. Uh, well, the first thing I thought was this guy's full of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, he still is. <laughs> but then when he started when you when you started throwing out their names, I was like, oh, well, that maybe makes sense. But uh, you know, I I think what I I I, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I guess I didn't believe it until I saw it in a way, weird way. But I was, you know, I just like the opportunity to talk about wrestling with people, that's, minded people. That's I, the whole thing, bro. Right here. That's the whole the, the huge part of our lives, right? Like that, that is sort of the sort of under subculture and with all the shit that all of us have been get through. Get deep, like, deep, Mac. Get deep right drives now. I, us you it. I know. <laughs> but that's what I mean. There's other people that love talking wrestling too that like get it. And I've learned so much. Dude, I I got all this shit. Like I watch WWE Network, watch old matches because these guys talk about wrestlers. And I go look at them and like, oh, and it's like an education because it's that little kid, like you said before. Okay, t- t- time out here. Time out here. Lars, do you know that Dustin Rhodes has um, <laughs> Tourette's? <laughs> Does he really? No, no. So- All right. See, I'm telling you. I t- the other day, I'm sitting there going like, because I listen to Howard Stern a lot, right? 
And Dustin Rhodes is on. There's like a I went to the old panel, like a one Howard 101, and, and it was uh Dustin Rhodes. And I'm like, oh my god, I, I've listened to Howard Stern for like 20 what however long he's been on. And Dustin Rhodes comes on, gold dust, whatever you want to call, and he starts going. And I'm going like, oh shit. Well, we had a um something, I don't know. We last had another week, list. We had the list. The list. Week. And I'm like, you know what? Gold dust, because you know what? I heard him on Stern the other day. He's got, <laughs> he's got to rest. Well, I got fucking Dennis and Dimitri laughing their asses off. And I'm like, what, man, that's not something to laugh at. Like, dude, it was a skit. It was, he didn't have to rest. It was a character. And I'm sitting there going, like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It, wow. We were doing a sports conspiracy show, too. So some crazy stuff. We, we're all over the map with our show. But, Lars, as we wrap this up, and I'm sure we'll probably well, talk. You better delete through. that shit that I just said, Dennis. It's called editing. We do that. Um, let me wrap this up real quick. <laughs> yeah, Lars, yeah, Dennis is good. Lars, I'm sure we'll hang out after this and uh, talk for a second. But uh, what, what are you up to? What do you want to send people over to while you're here? Promote. Uh, you know, I... I don't really have anything to, I mean, honestly, like I didn't do this to promote anything. Nope, I, did you didn't. I, I wanted to just hang out and talk wrestling because uh, it's, it's great when you meet people like it doesn't, like I said, you know, it's the great unifier. Like we all can come from different places and, and we, if we can sit here and geek out on our favorite wrestlers and it's so much fun because we're talking about the new age outlaws versus the road warriors, right. like who's the better team. And it's just, and it's just, and it's, it's not, it's like, it's based on our connection. Right. And I think that's so super cool to have with people around the world, you know, and who would, I mean, never did I ever think that I'd be sitting with you guys talking about something so cool that I loved as a kid that I now in turn find out that you guys loved as a kid. Yeah. And then I watch you through your, you know, who you are and I've seen you perform and do your things. And it's like, but we have this thing in common, you know what I mean? And it, that's pretty damn cool. That's actually hey, really cool because you know, who says that all the time is, is DMAC and you know, there's something in common, this and that. And, and I will say this, like I, I knew Dimitri from playing against him for however long in the central division, when he's in Cincinnati or St. Louis and heck even Detroit. Um, that all being said is um, I don't think I played against you in Washington, but DMAC, when DMAC came on, I'm like, I knew who he was. Right. And, and, I, and I'm like, and he's just, he's just as chill as me and Dimitri and Dennis, the way me and Dennis met was another story through fantasy football, but as, as cool as can be just good, good people. But I will say this, you're the reason you're one of the reasons I hit. Actually, you are the reason I hit 300, for about eight years wow. because before I went, oh, and you're also the reason I got probably suspended a couple of times um, <laughs> for fighting, not like DMAC, but then you're also the reason that I tried to, when I went into second base, I tried to take everybody's ACL out <laughs> but when, when you could still break up a double play right. because of you guys. So I appreciate that. It was a pleasure to meet you. Um, I hope you can come on whenever you have a, a chance, but I personally want to thank you because you put a lot of hate in me and I, and you're such a good dude. But, but when I say you put a lot of hate in me, I mean, it's, there's no BS in this. It was it's like, you, you want to, let's go. And that was some of your music is some of the things that got me through uh, a, a big league baseball game. So thank you for, 
Thank you, bro. Doing that. Much respect. Thank you so much. I mean, that I'm means- gonna say thank you for the overall knowledge and, and and just just getting to know you and stuff. This is always cool for me, you know, meeting people that are famous in other fields and and we just you know put our heads together and we just shoot the breeze and and hearing your common interest and how you came up and how like you was talking about we all had that common goal we love wrestling and i ain't ashamed to say it i love it i watch it all the time i spend a lot of time like dmac was saying watching watching wwe raw and smackdown watching nxt watching aew which is on the night watching impact religiously and then major league wrestling i watch that too but out here in southern california we don't get ring of honor so i don't get to check that out as much but i love it all new japan and what, what, what we have down here is championship wrestling from Hollywood and a lot of guys are going and signing with um, AEW f- coming from there. And um, they, they perform at Port Wainimi, which is the next city over. Hadn't been to the event yet, but now that I've been watching more independent wrestling, I want to go check that out because they're becoming big stars. Yeah, we got a Dennis and I are in, in Detroit area and uh, I'm buddies with Rhino on impact uh, and a bunch of those, a bunch of those guys. So that's the, what's Dennis, what's that outfit called? What's that wrestling outfit? Uh, Gary's MWL or something. MWL Midwestern wrestler, whatever like that. But it's got a bunch of the impact guys that come around and, you know, the ones that you were talking about, the territories where they try to do it. And even it's been slower the COVID, but to watch some of these guys that you see on impact, like Rajut Rajut what the how the fuck do you pronounce his name? Rajut Rahi Rajut Rahi Rajut. So he's been on our program, but he's a like watching these younger guys getting out there doing these shows and doing it like the territories, like the old school. It's pretty cool to, to be able to get behind them and you know know the ones that are are cool kids, you know, and and ones that are looking to help. Like you mentioned, Willie Hobbs. You know, Jay's a big Chris Bay guy. They've talked to him. So, dude, anything, that's what it's all about, bro. We, we like I said, we've experienced so much stuff. Now it's, it's like, I, I love that Dimitri says different things and I'll go down a rabbit hole or whatever. And, you know, I just choose to do, this is what I choose to do now instead of doing all the other shit that'll kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I think what DMAC said is he listened to, bunch of your music too before he went out to uh, play because well, dude, I, you, before I wrote music you don't even he, know that left hook is awesome 